Welcome to the My Town Travels podcast, the only podcast dedicated to small town culture and values and the overall travel lifestyle from a small town perspective, bringing you stories, destinations, and tips from interesting and well-seasoned travelers, influencers, and more, and me, your host, Christy Burns. Well, good morning. I am here today with Jameson Mady Kerr, who is the director of Art Fields, who I had the absolute pleasure of getting to spend time with and get to know while I was in Lake City, South Carolina. And we are going to today talk mostly about Art Fields, but also about the small town of Lake City. And I'm so excited to have you here with me today, Jameson. So welcome. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with art fields yeah so hi christy hi everyone thank you for having me (laughs) um okay so i am from florence south carolina that's where i spent most of my life florence is about 35 minutes away from lake city and lake city is one of the smaller agricultural communities that kind of circles around florence a lot of the state and this area in particular it's all kind of built around the railroad system and florence was one of the bigger stops so growing up i never really thought that i would stay in south carolina much less in you know so close to home but to be able to come and do an internship in my final semester of college with art fields i just kind of at the the undertaking of the event and the fact that it was in a small town that was familiar to me, um, but also that it was done primarily by women and that I think that as women, we may all have little times where we wonder how much independence we want to have or how much independence we're willing to have or um or what we're going to demand <laughs> and <laughs> I, I really wondered how I was going to be able to do what I loved and that was working with learning about art um on my own in the south you know without the support of my family and that may sound terrible but I think that that was just where I was it was mm-hmm. is this a dream that's not something that I'll ever be able to achieve in working in the arts and to see something like this happening in my own backyard and for it to be women who have families and lives that they had lived before this and then they just really dug into this cause uh, meant a lot to me and it showed me that there was a future where I could kind of strike off on my own and and chase that dream and and they were just kind of proof of that. They're proof of of women being able to do big things, but to also be able to do big things in the South and for it to be all kind of informed and driven by the arts was just icing on the cake and so amazing for me. So I, I loved being an intern, obviously, um, and I stuck around and harassed them until they gave me <laughs> a job. And my first um, job here was I worked in one of our galleries as a gallery attendant um, and did, you know, field trip programming and things like that throughout the year. I was able to do some 
lectures on exhibitions that we had coming through and work with Art Fields, the event, as well. And then over the years, I've put my hands in just about every part of it. And um, I have been the director since December of 2018. Well, congratulations on that. And obviously, it was something that not only was part of who you are, but it was really a dream of yours to be able to do this kind of job with the way you're describing it. And so I'm obviously very happy for you that you're able to find such a special place to do this job. Um, are you from Lake City originally, or is it just an outlying place from there? Because you said that you're familiar with Lake City growing up. Well, from where I'm from, in the PD region of South Carolina, there aren't you know, you can live in one town and know that you have to go to the other town to get the best barbecue and, you know, so that you have these little suburbs of of different towns that all become kind of neighbors, neighboring towns. Um, but my real relationship with Lake City through the years was literally barbecue and <laughs> and going to um, a nearby place because that was our favorite barbecue growing up with my family and um, okay. and Lake City but Lake City was not a place that you would go for a little dose of culture <laughs> at all. it was a place that you know um, I had some friends that were from here I knew people from here but you know really stepped foot in the downtown until I started my internship and these agricultural or would be if agriculture was still um, the way that it was um, these little towns kind of all blur together in the south I think that everybody has one that um, they have special fond memories of because of a grandparent or, you know, stopping through all the way from point A to point B. And, you know, this place had the best cheese cheeseburgers or I used to get ice cream here or, you know. <laughs> and I think that that's what is so lovely about what we're doing is that so many people can relate. Maybe they don't have a special connection to Lake City, but they see in Lake City what they see in places special and nostalgic for them. Mm -hmm. Well, and Lake City is only a town of under 8,000 residents. I mean, so that our listeners kind of get an idea. This is a very small town that has a really cool history. Um, like you mentioned, it has to do with agriculture. So it was a tobacco town. And, there, and in its heyday, had several, you know, tobacco processing plants. I love talking to the people at the Historical Society and some of them that remember the heyday and, you know, explaining to me, you know, that you could smell the boiled peanuts like every Sunday because they would have, everybody would come in yeah. to town on Sunday and the streets would just be lined with people. But obviously when that industry left, as in many small towns, just kind of dried up. And yeah. so then your experience growing up was the really wasn't much in Lake City. Here enters Art Fields, and um, which year, how many years has it been running? It's under 10 years, but it's officially so, going to be 2022 is our 10th event. Um, okay. It was founded in 2012, and the first event was in 2013. So okay. it's been about a decade of growth that could kind of be attributed to 
the artistic movement here. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about how did this all get started and why is this such a huge deal for the South? You said even for somebody like yourself who this is what you want to do for a career, but growing up in the South, you really never thought this would be a possibility. So tell me a little bit about how we got started and you know why this is a big deal for South Carolina and other parts of the South. Yeah, so, and I think that something that's important to recognize is the kind of death of downtowns. And I think that that's something mm -hmm. that's so relevant to what you do um, in discovering these like lovely little downtowns that maybe were kind of left to sit and die. And whenever um, Artfield started, that was very much the case in our downtown. There were very few storefronts that were activated um, mm -hmm. or successful. We were very fortunate, Lake City is very fortunate that Darla Moore is from Lake City. She um, went off to New York and worked in finance for many years and came back to Lake City because her parents were here and she loves Lake City and she loves the people here and started to kind of throw around different people about how to bring Lake City back. It was decided that it would be brought back through the arts. And so um, we borrow a lot of our especially in the beginning, a lot of our um, program is derived from Art Prize in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And just kind of the idea of putting artwork into businesses and taking over a town. And so we made a lot of changes to, to their whole program to fit our town and started knocking on doors and asking people <laughs> if they would participate. And a lot of people said, you're going to do what? <laughs> or you're going <laughs> to art here? Are you sure art is the thing that we're going to, you know, that's going to be our identity? And they pulled it off. They pulled off the first year and had artists from all over the Southeast um, come and participate. And the, it's very intentional for us to be uh, serve the Southeast states in particular, because part, our goals are twofold, sometimes three and fourfold, but you know, for this conversation and from the beginning, it's to serve our community and to make Lake City better and to provide experiences that our citizens wouldn't normally have. Um, but it's also to honor the artists of this area because there are so many rich stories to tell and who better to tell them than the artists that have lived and worked here. And so, so that kind of goes hand in hand. So it has been exclusively a competition exclusively for the South has just kind of put in perspective how much talent there is here and how much there is to unearth still. And I think, you know, you look at big cities like New York or LA or, and you, you look at their artwork and a lot of their artwork is from New York or LA. And so right. um, to be able to offer opportunities and big cash prizes um, and that sense of community to the artists from this area was really important. And 
will continue to be a huge tenant of our, our mission. Mm -hmm. So it started in 2012. And when you basically put out the artist call, you obviously had a great response. And from the beginning, because it's grown so much in the past 10 years, and I mean, to the point where it has won awards, it has um, become the largest art event in the Southeast. You know, some of these things are are pretty impressive for a town of under 8,000 people <laughs> that decided that they wanted to bring art, you know, to the Southeast, which is pretty incredible. And where are you pulling um, these artists from? Like what states? I know obviously South Carolina, but where else are they coming from? So we go kind of all the way to Arkansas and all the way up to West Virginia and kind of everywhere in between. Mm -hmm. There's 12 states and I can try and name them off if you would like for me to. Um, no, that's funny. <laughs> but I think so you can kind of picture, <laughs> picture the map. You can kind of see it's that southeastern corner of our of our country, and we. It's important to us that it's not just a South Carolina show, and so we've mm -hmm. made sure that we've done things like travel and working with organizations that are in some of those outlying states or in some of the states where we don't see as much um, activity and um, engagement. And so that's something that we work on year to year just to try and make sure that it is as thoroughly representative of the South as it can be. We've had winners from all over. I don't know if it's every state, but I think it we've had winners from every state. I can safely say we've had winners from every state at this point. <laughs> and um, I was just thinking about it. I was like, yeah, duh. <laughs> and been able to like really engage and engage a whole region. And then being able to plug some of those connections in to our galleries year round to be able to explore um, those relationships and those artists and their, um, their, their work even further. Mm -hmm. Um, has been it's been really great we've gotten to see a lot of beautiful places and a lot of places that have similar stories to us and everybody chooses their path to making their world better and ours just happens to be art mm -hmm. well and I loved being able to walk through and see the diversity that you have in the artworks that are there um, you have indoor and outdoor art. There's people painting murals on the walls. I mean, I mean, just a huge plethora of different types of art that are happening. And I also like that you incorporate, there were several artists that are doing their art pieces during art fields, you know, so you can walk and be able to see what they're doing. And it was just a really fun part of being able to immerse yourself in that artist's world and see how they function and it that for me was one of the really cool parts and also that you you have a wide variety of prizes and how this is juried so it's not just like one panel of people that pick you know you have a lot of different things that you do and my favorite obviously was the one I get to participate in so <laughs> where the visitors can actually vote uh, which mm. I think is awesome speaks a lot I think for the artists that get to participate because there's all these different ways 
to see how their art is speaking to people. And that for me was a really neat part of it. Tell me just a little bit about, you know, the event itself at this point in time, how it's run, if people come and visit, what are they going to expect? And, um, you know, what are the different kind of main elements of the event? Yeah, so we, um, we received submissions in the fall and you're right, we have two different panels that work. Um, one panel that selects what work will be invited and then one panel that selects the, the some of the winners. And so if you were to happen to, if you happen to find yourself in Lake City in April, you would come and you would see that we have artwork spread out across 40, it's kind of our um, average at this point, but about 40, maybe even more venues across our downtown. And that is kind of the the meat of it is the competition that is the base of where everything else comes from. And so the competition is spread out all over. The business owners actually get to take part in the selection process. So they sit down and decide which pieces are gonna be in their shops. We help obviously and say, this is not like a logistical possibility for us to have a site specific installation in your tiny barber shop, but this, this piece might work for you. Um, so that's kind of a, we work hand in hand with those businesses and they display the artwork in their shops. And then we also have public art projects that are going on during art fields, which are not necessarily projects that can be voted on or that can win, but that we have commissioned to have take place as um, to enhance the experience and make it even better. Um, because it's a competition, sometimes we can't make accommodations that would need to be made for really interactive stuff. So we bring that in as a separate piece. It's it the competition element certainly makes it difficult for us to to create these like spectacles. So we decided to make sure that we were still going to be able to do it, just do it in a different way. And so we had this past year, we had a mural that was in progress. We had three different installations around town that are still around. And then we had one interactive public art piece, which was Portrait Partners, where an artist named Joe Dreer came and he stood in a empty storefront and painted people through the glass. So they would stand outside and he would be inside. He would paint onto the glass and then apply paper to the painting and pull it off to create a print. And then by the end of the day, the windows would be filled up and you would see a little slice of the community of people who um, participated and attended art fields. So that we have all of that art stuff happening. And then we have the Art Fields Junior Competition, which is a South Carolina competition for students from first grade to 12th grade. And that has kind of just expanded and become a, a real rival to the adult competition because everybody <laughs> is so like just blown away by the talent of our students here. That started as a really local competition and has now gone statewide. And we're really proud of that. And 
have actually seen students who participated in Art Fields Junior now participate in the adult competition. So that's a really cool full circle moment whenever we can see some of the kids that we've had an impact on actually going out and chasing their artistic dreams. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, that's where the reward is, you know, it's, it's seeing mm -hmm. the, that we've empowered people to believe in their dreams and chase them and, and their dreams happen to be us sometimes, you know, participating in what we do. So that's really powerful and lovely. And so we have all of those things happening. And then we have events through the week as well, through the nine days. And those include a maker's market where it's, you know, fine art and artisans come and bring their, their products for people to purchase. And then we have a portrait contest and a plein air event um, where people just kind of pop up and paint around town. Um, we have okay. artist talks. And then we have concerts that either we put on or we partner with community organizations to present. It all ends on our finale day where we have um, an award ceremony for the kids. Then we have a little get together for all of the artists that have participated in our finale where we announce all the awards and have a big concert and fireworks. And it's just, you know, the cherry on top. And then mm -hmm. everybody, the next day, everybody starts taking their artwork and we start cleaning up and getting ready for the next one. Mm -hmm. So, so awesome. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whirlwind of a nine days, packed full of fun. And there's just a lot to see and a lot to do. And you know that you were here for Art Fields 2021. Um, and I think you got a taste of a lot of it. So, mm-hmm. And those awards are not small awards, correct? Correct. <laughs> and so our top prize, yeah, our top prize is $50,000. Um, and that is a prize that is awarded by the panel that comes in to, mm -hmm. um, to select the winners. And then we have a second place prize that's $25,000 also selected by that panel. And then we have two people's choice awards that are $12,500 each, one for a 2D piece and one for a 3D piece. So that's been a big part of the ownership and community kind of coming together around it is that we keep the top four and they become mm -hmm. part of the art fields collection. And so our collection is half artwork that's been selected by art professionals and half artwork that has been selected by the audience and the visitors to art fields. So there's something there for everyone that has given, given people the voice to be able to have stake in what we do because art is historically, I think a very intimidating thing. I've been working in the art since I've, you know, since I graduated college and certainly still feel a lot of that imposter syndrome and you know yeah <laughs> i think that it's just something that you know you don't necessarily feel confident going to a gallery opening where you don't know anybody um whether you're somebody who has 
loves the arts, has been in the arts, or if you're somebody just kind of walking off the, in off the street. And part of what I think is so special about art fields is all of the artists walk around with a name badge that has their artwork on it. Um, and it has their name and where they're from. And so we're breaking down that barrier of like, this is a person who made, it's not just this anonymous installation that you can't relate to or understand because that is an artist like that's a human being put that together with their mm -hmm. hands and you may get the opportunity to meet that human and make that <laughs> and so and then another part of breaking down those walls is having the artwork in places like the coffee shop and the restaurants and the dress shops and the barber shops and all of those places because even if you're not comfortable walking into a gallery maybe you're comfortable walking into a place that you go get your hair cut you know on a regular basis mm -hmm. and seeing it there makes it not as intimidating in other places or at least that's our hope mm -hmm. and it also adds again it all goes back to that ownership that ownership mm -hmm. um where the business owners they believe in those artists. They're that's who they selected. So they can talk to their customers about the artwork and be their advocates for that for those artists. And that might be an easier pill to swallow than for somebody to walk into a kind of like a sterile art gallery space. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um so that that's a element of art fields that I think really sets it apart. Oh, it's it has such a wonderful small town culture to it um, that, you know, hope I don't think can ever go away because of its location. And when you're there, you just you feel exactly what you're saying. You know, you feel a connection to the artists because it's everything that's displayed is in a location that makes you feel comfortable, that makes you feel like you're getting to know, you know, that artist, that space, that business owner. Um, a lot of times the business owners will come and be all excited to tell you mm -hmm. things. Um, you know, I mean, so there's an element there that the fact that this was started in a small town, like you said, it doesn't have a sterile feel to it. It doesn't have a uppity, you know, kind of feel to it where, or I shouldn't say uppity, but untouchable, yeah. you know, where sometimes if you're in a larger gallery, you know, in a larger city, it's just larger um, and things are spread out. The way that things are displayed is different and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just there's a different type of culture here that is beautiful from the small town feel. And, you know, you in particular, it's nice that you're a drive. You're one of the driving forces behind, you know, taking this into the next year's because you care so much about that one-on-one -on -one connection yeah. you know you you're you're the type of person that understands how important that is and how a lot of that comes from the culture um of being in a small town and what that means and obviously the artists also are resonating to that and they're kind of building their own community around this and as far as it being in a small town and all of that what are some of the great things that you see from this event being in a small town that really add 
to this event and, and what are some of the challenges? Yeah, so as we were kind of talking about that like sterile environment, I was picturing walking into one of the big museums that everybody, you know, the Met mm -hmm. or the Guggenheim or yeah. wherever <laughs> and feeling like a tourist and mm -hmm. feeling like a visitor. And I think that what's really powerful about what we do is that you may approach it feeling like a visitor, but I think a lot of people leave feeling like a friend to us mm -hmm. and, and knowing that they're always welcome back here. And I think that part of that is, is that connection that we push so hard for that you don't feel so disconnected whenever you can go and have a conversation with somebody that's meaningful. So that is really part of our makeup is that small town charm because our business owners have been small town business owners as long as they've been business owners. That is who they are. Mm -hmm. And so they're treating people from all over the country the way that they would treat me, a resident of, of Lake City, if I walked in to buy something for my kid, you know, and, or if I walked in to get my hair cut. And so I think that kind of that personality that's built into them translates whenever people are coming into town and, you know, everybody, it's not for everybody. I'm not going to pretend like we've never had anybody who thought that, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> that it wasn't the best thing in the world. Um, but I do think that that, you know, is one of our assets is that, that charm and that small town, um, personality. And I don't want that to ever go away. I want for there to st always be, um, a level of hospitality and a level of, um, you know, how's your mama in them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. you know, I love that I can have conversations that pick up right where they left off last time I saw someone. And I think that that's true. That will be true for you, Christy, whenever you come back and you see people mm -hmm. that you may have met before. So I think that that's the soul of art fields is in, you know, that down, that small townness. But mm -hmm. there's also, you know, the logistical benefits of being a small town that everything within art fields is walkable um mm -hmm. and you know it's not something that i would say come for an hour and you can really experience get the full experience but you would still get something out of being here for an hour um you mm -hmm. would get something out of being here for two days and but i think that like the footprint of it being so manageable adds a lot to the experience because you aren't having to get in your car and start and stop and start and stop. You can just kind mm -hmm. of come and enjoy it. Okay, everyone. I think this is a great place to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. You're invited to experience Tuscross County, Ohio. Whether you're enjoying the rolling hills of Amish country, strolling through our historic villages, or exploring our one-of-a-kind museums and attractions, we're sure you'll discover why visitors keep coming back time after time. 
Conveniently located along I-77 in Northeast Ohio, Tuscarawas County is just a short drive from Cleveland, Pittsburgh, or Columbus. And be sure to check out our all-new Destination Learning Magazine, the perfect guide for virtual and homeschooling families. Visit TravelTusk.com, that's TravelTusk.com to learn more. So I think that's a huge part. Definitely yeah. being able to just park your car and know. Obviously, I stayed downtown, um, beautiful hotel, you know, boutique hotel downtown, and you just take your time at your pace. And that's one of the wonderful things about this event is that there's stuff going on the whole time. At, you know, that if you're there anytime during the nine days, there's something going on. And go in and stop in at the art fields. Um, visitor center and get your schedule and and do things at your own pace it's so nice yeah yeah i mean it's not it's meant to be a, a kind of choose your own adventure thing you know it's i'm not gonna mm -hmm. ever put something that says christy you have to start here and then go here and then go here like it's just here are all the things you decide what you would like to do. We hope you'll see all of the artwork so that you can, you know, be informed in your voting. But go have fun. Enjoy. Go make new friends. You know, it's um it is a very relaxed um kind of program. There are certainly events that start have a start time and an end time, but you know, for the most part it really is like just come in and do what you want to do and mm -hmm. um take part in what you want to take part in and if we can if we can expose you to something new wonderful that you know that's the goal but mm -hmm. if you're really just comfortable coming in going shopping or going to getting a cup of coffee we've still done our job because you're still going to encounter artwork and people that you wouldn't have encountered on a normal day so mm -hmm. All of that, and I think too, even like medium size, I think that it's easy for there to be many different directions of growth and a lot of different opinions on the best way to get to where people want their homes mm -hmm. to be. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't say that every single person in Lake City is now like walking around with a paintbrush tucked behind their ear, but. I do think that whenever you have a smaller town and they can see the impact that something is having, um, it's been nice to be able to channel everybody into that same, you know, same goal. Um, mm -hmm. And we have a beautiful volunteer program that I think is one of the most special parts of art fields because it has brought people together that would never need to talk to each other or to interact with each other and now all of a sudden they have a common cause and has given people a lot of pride in where they're from and i think that's always a battle in making people see it through somebody else's eyes and mm -hmm. realizing oh this is pretty good what we've got going on here. And I should be really proud of, of my town and, you know, the people here. 
and maybe it's this visitor who's coming in and you get to interact with because you're in the volunteer program and you're stationed at one of our businesses or one of our venues and and I think that that's just given again can't wait to hear how many times I say ownership but it has given <laughs> ownership back to the townspeople and it has also made art fields a possibility because we have a small team um there's five of us that are full-time and then we have five part-time staff that work in the galleries but you know to take over a whole town with hundreds of pieces of artwork we couldn't do that without um some really, <laughs> really wonderful volunteers mm -hmm. well and it always comes back to the people i mean you know every town every culture is made up of its people and that's the feeling that you get when you visit any town is from those individuals and obviously those people are not going to leave after art fields <laughs> you know these are people that live here and so lake city is a beautiful adorable town to visit anytime and obviously since you started art fields now you have four or five galleries that are open all the time is it four or five we have um, three one of them has two spaces and then there's actually um outside people who are coming to open their own commercial space soon so okay that's pretty cool that's that's a big step for us is you know other people coming in and adding to the the growth um we can't carry it on our backs by ourselves you know so mm -hmm. we have now seen that people are relocating here and i think you what you said about the feeling coming from the people is so so true because even for me like i came for the art but i stayed for the people and i think that mm -hmm. that is what is true over and over and over is that we have certain assets here and and obviously are so so lucky and grateful to have Darla Moore, you know, as somebody who's kind of helped push all of this forward. But if I had come here and done my internship and gotten all of my requirements and left, you know, it still would have been a great thing to add to my resume, but I couldn't, you know, after I met the people that I met, it was like, no, this is where I should be. And these are the people that I want to work with. And, um, you know, and it proves that kindness is, is still important um, whenever mm -hmm. you're working together in a place like this where you have to work, you have to work together. And, um, and I, and I think that some of those values are, are very important to, to get that affirmation that yes, these things are still important and these things still work. And, um, and you see that in Lake City all the time that, mm -hmm. um, you know, kindness is important and community is important. And if you can all unite together for a single cause for nine days in April, you can make a big change. And, um, and you can, there's a change in the spirit, I think, of, of Lake City, but the most obvious change is 
the way that it's developed and the way that the storefronts that were empty five, 10 years ago are full and there mm -hmm. are new business owners and people who are starting things in Lake City because they believe in Lake City. Um, mm -hmm. And like I said, people who are moving here and want to be part of this all the time. Um, mm -hmm. And so now that's where we are is trying to figure out the best way to bring that art fields magic into every day of the year. And, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it will, we always want those nine days to be special, but to be able to welcome artists and create opportunities for artists and to make Lake City better all the time would make it more sustainable for us as art fields, but also for the businesses who we work with. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're visiting, you obviously we're talking about art fields, but I mean, you're not just visiting art fields, you're visiting Lake City. Yeah. And it's a it's a beautiful town, no matter what time of year. And like we said before, the people aren't going anywhere. <laughs> and, you know, this event has become a destination for art during those nine days. But because of the artists that are moving in, because of like you said, the businesses that are sustaining and doing well and, you know, people investing in the town. I mean, it's also starting to become a destination year round for mm -hmm. art in the South. And that's a pretty incredible thing. And so for visitors that want to come, I mean, really, you can come and see some incredible things no matter what time you visit Lake City. Um, tell me about some of your favorite things in the town, just some of your favorite stops. What, what do well. you like to do? <laughs> well, I, so one of the tasks that I've been able to take on over the years is in working with the public art program. And so we have beautiful murals all over town and lovely sculpture all over town. Um, one of the things that is another equal asset to Lake City is more Farms Botanical Gardens. And that was started by Darla as well. And it's a botanical garden that's about 10 minutes away from downtown. But we're really lucky because they do a lot of our landscaping on our main street and in our green spaces. You know, no matter the time of year, there's always beautiful landscaping and unexpected plant life um, in unexpected places. And because they really think outside of the box and and try to make it unique time after time. And there's, I mean, I, so I lived in an apartment um, when we first moved, my husband and I first moved to Lake City. We lived in an apartment above a business and I wouldn't leave, I wouldn't get in my car for weeks because everything <laughs> is right here. And so that's one of the, really cool parts of Lake City is I think the kind of the crossing between rural and urban because mm -hmm. you can go in any direction five minutes and you'll be in the middle of nowhere but you know in the core of our downtown you can kind of get everything that you want so on Saul Street which is where um, one of our galleries in my office is there's a butcher across the street there's a produce stand an ice cream shop a pizza shop, a florist. I mean, all of those things are right here. 
and um it's really like incredibly idyllic like when you see it you're going oh my gosh i mean you know that's one of the things that when i write about small towns you know you look people that are looking to relocate sometimes that's what they can't find they would love to live in a small town but it doesn't have all those things yeah so it's kind of like well you know i might as well live closer to those things wherever that is and so yeah it's very um if you're a Gilmore Girls fan, it's very Gilmore Girls in that way where it has all those things, has all the things. <laughs> Which is a dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to, exactly. To have my yeah. own personal stars hollow is yeah. a dream. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You almost like don't want the word to get out because then it's going to be hard to find things. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, and that, I mean, it is part of our challenge right now is housing but i know that that's true all over the country but um mm -hmm. you know being able to fit everybody who wants to be here now and one of the cool things um that one of the realtors and i have talked about is that people who grew up here are now going out to going to do whatever and wanting to come back and not only are they wanting to come back they're wanting to come back and live close enough to walk downtown and so mm -hmm. and and you know i won't get too deep into this but you know all over the all over the country you had these downtowns that were thriving and then there may have been a country club built and that's where a lot of the people moved to and that was the case here you know a lot of people moved from the downtown area and now they're wanting to be back in the downtown area and that's really exciting because that means that you have people who want to shop in these at these businesses when it would be mm -hmm. easier to go to walmart and get everything all at one time but there are so many people here who are willing to invest their dollars into the businesses mm -hmm. which is the only way that it will stay and so right. that's been a really good sign of you know of this working and being you know not just lightning in a in a bottle but being a real sustaining community but to go back to your question about my favorite things i would be remiss if i didn't mention the bakery um yeah that's my it's coffee pretty good every day <laughs> <laughs> um, the coffee shop bakery is a pretty, pretty good spot. And then my husband, I'm going to plug his business, even though it's a bit of a, obviously I'm biased, but he just opened it's a wine so beer shop. Yeah. So, so it really, in a block, you have so many of the things that you need right there and great restaurants. And I think that that will only continue to grow as we have more of a population that goes to them on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. I think you touched earlier on the hotel, but we have the Inn at the Crossroads as a boutique hotel that is right downtown. And it was built in time for the second art fields mm -hmm. because there wasn't anywhere for anybody to stay. <laughs> uh -huh. And then and there's- it's beautiful. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. and. And there are a lot of places that you walk in and all of a sudden you're kind of transported to a different place. And mm -hmm. the inn is one of those for sure. 
So mm -hmm. it just has such detail and so much care went into every aspect of it. As many downtown businesses kind of do this stuff right do because they're historic buildings. Yeah. So you know they 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 automatically have charm. They automatically have character. And so if somebody doesn't decide to take that out yeah. like you said you're you are automatically transported and it's just an an awesome thing and you know every single business <laughs> that we've discussed is pretty much like that in downtown lake city and one thing that i thought was really cool that i'd wanted to make sure we didn't miss was obviously we've been talking about how part of the promotion of this is the fact that it it does have the small town feel and but this has re also really resonated with your artist community. One of the things that I thought was so cool was you have this community of artists that come back every year and, you know, they kind of think of art fields as like their second family. Like you said, some of them are starting to relocate there, but, you know, I had the pleasure of being able to meet some of these artists and they just talk about art fields. Like I thought, I thought they lived there and they're like, <laughs> oh no, I just, I just, I just come in for the event, you know, like, but they know, they know everybody there. Like it's their second family. And, yeah. um, and I believe that you're also doing a, um, kind of like an artist intern kind of program. I know that there was something that was being built for some kind of program that you guys have going on for yeah. like the artists um, residency kind of thing as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I wanted to make sure I touched on that because I thought that was really cool. That makes me so happy. I mean, I that's always a sign of, of a job well done, right? That people feel like it's, they put it on their calendars as soon as we announce the dates and we have people mm -hmm. who call the minute that one art field is op over to book the hotel for the next one. And I think that it just shows that it's clear to them that so much of what drives us is their livelihood and them being mm -hmm. successful. But it also creates this kind of inspirational atmosphere where you see all of these new concepts and new ideas that other people are exploring and it gives you all of these new perspectives to take home and apply towards your practice and you know there are a lot of artists that get in this year don't get in that, that year but attend not either way um mm -hmm. and one of my favorite things is seeing that seen on instagram that one artist that participated can with another artist that participated and now they're doing an exhibition together in Florida and yeah it's like the ripple effects of what happens because we bring all of these people together we'll never be able to really capture but just knowing that it exists is a really lovely a lovely thought um that we're it feels like camp a little bit like it feels like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes summer camp <laughs> yeah and like maybe you get a new pen pal out of it maybe you get a, an exhibition <laughs> maybe you get a prize maybe you get you know whatever but i think that there is a benefit to attending as an artist whether you are accepted or not and that's always been a goal of ours that that participation is a win all in itself, but it's not even necessary to enjoying the experience. So one of our um, next like steps is in developing studios for artists to come and live and work because 
you know, I described all of the businesses and all of the things that you can grab while you're walking down the street. But what if, you know, every couple of storefronts, there's an artist working inside and you can see part of their process or, you know, get to talk to them as they're walking out to, you know, grab a cup of coffee or whatever. And, and so that's part of the next phase because it was kind of inevitable that we would create a community here because people have been so attracted to the atmosphere of art fields and have wanted to kind of contribute towards making that a reality all the time. And so Herman Keith, who you got to meet whenever you were here. So much fun. He's, he's the best. He's the best. So he did a mural here. And I think it was in 2016 that he did that mural. And he has um, participated in exhibitions like uh, during the year outside of art fields. He's been in art fields. He has been a part of like every step of what we have done here and um, has finally, after many years, relocated to Lake City. Oh, happy for him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because, I mean, it was kind of like a duh thing, but it was like (laughs) making that leap of faith for all of us because he and um, he will work with us to create kind of like an apprentice program um, where he can teach people about the public part of public art because that is is the king of that and um so he is kind of like a bit of a pilot for the pilot program for us um yeah. and looking at how to relocate artists and how to get them embedded in this community we have other artists that we've gotten here and have had moved here that have their own kind of practice independently that can exist without a whole lot of, you know, interaction and collaboration, but they contribute because they're active members of this community. And then there are artists moved here all by themselves and open their own studios and gallery spaces. And so it's all kind of a mix of how they're getting here, but they're getting here. And mm-hmm. so we are currently kind of just looking at, okay, well, once they're here, what are we going to do with them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes me excited, though. Um, again, just the artist community that's being built. And I mean, you have people that, like you said, come back every year and now they actually are relocating. And it's it's super exciting, you know, yeah. for you guys and for Lake City as a small town destination. You know, we need more of those. We need more small town destinations that people really look at it as a destination and a place to visit year round. And that's the cool yeah. thing about Lake City is that it's it is turning into that every day it's getting you know more and more really cool things centered around the arts one thing i wanted to say was you talk to people from all over the country you know obviously there's a um, emphasis on the south but people from all over the country come and visit and so this is a small town culture um, event you know what are some other small towns that you've come across in your own travels you know like just trying to get back to some personal things about you um you know for our listeners i always like to ask our guests like what outside of lake city obviously Mm -hmm. um (laughs) you know what are some other places that you would recommend visiting that you've either come across heard or traveled to yourself 
Yeah. Actually, one of our winners is from Water Valley, Mississippi. And it's kind of, we, I found myself there on a trip with um, a colleague and it was, we were going from Jackson to Oxford and it's this, you know, little spot um, in between. And they are kind of using, they have a really big artistic presence as well. And it was just a cool okay. spot. And there's also, it's funny, the train is always part of these towns because I think that that's oh, how yeah. everything, that's why it's there, right? Because there was a train stop mm -hmm. there. But I loved, I loved it there so much. And it was, you know, smaller. There's downtown was even smaller than, than Lake City, but it was a really charming little place that was fun to stumble onto. You know, like you, mm -hmm. it was kind of an unexpected thing. And I love when that happens, whenever you don't really know what to expect, but hear that there's somebody, there's an artist there, so we're gonna go. And so that was, that's been certainly one of my favorites. You have to look into that and check that out. I was going to say, I'm, I'm like taking notes. You know, what's funny is um, <laughs> you go back to when you're a kid, when you said Mississippi and in my head, I'm like, like that's one of the things that one of the first big words that you learn as a kid. And it's like, I'm repeating it in my head as I'm writing it down. I would know how to spell it if I didn't have that little um, song to sing to myself. <laughs> what is a good time in your opinion since you're from the south to visit mississippi weather-wise i'm just curious in your oh, I opinion have no i have no idea <laughs> no idea like i yeah i mean I'm, I'm trying to think like mississippi can be pretty hot when would be a good time to go yeah <laughs> i would think we went in september october and it was really nice i would say probably then and I think that they were enough north enough that like they wouldn't have been affected by weather, like yeah. hurricane season stuff. Mm -hmm. But I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely was steer clear during those times. One of the things that you and I have in common is uh, event planning too. You know, just part of our background from way back when. You know, obviously you're a seasoned event planner, and doing an event like this, like Art Fields downtown coordinating everything that goes into not just the event itself but city planning the economic development piece that has come out of this i mean it's just it's amazing to see the new life that has come out of this as a result of this event and i don't sometimes when people see big events especially ones that are out in a field somewhere a giant concert kind of thing you know that's easy <laughs> I think in comparison to, you know, something that takes place in a town, there's so yeah. many other um, coordinating aspects that go along with planning an event in a town. So I just wanted to pick your brain for our listeners, for anybody who's like, man, she has the coolest job ever. This is amazing, <laughs> you know, or that somebody that's looking into going into some type of an artist field as well. But, you know, specifically on the event planning and working with a nonprofit and those sorts of things, um, because I'm not sure if we mentioned earlier, you know, that Art Fields is a nonprofit organization. Yes. You know, what are what's some of your advice for our listeners if they're looking to get into to this type of work and also when it comes to event planning um, specifically you know just like what are some tips that you have because there's so many 
downtowns that do events. Mm-hmm. Some do well, some don't. Some just need refreshed. You know, what would you say are some of the big tips that you would have to help make it successful? So I think big, that qu- big questions, I know. It's a, it's a big <laughs> question, but I think that it all kind of goes back to what we've been talking about all along is allowing for there to be ownership and also i said it again so (laughs) we'll just add that to my i'll I'll, I'll give you a count later i'll send you an email um but i think that that's so key and i think that having a common goal and being able to express that common goal is really important and people get so set in their ways and are even if they're they know that they're not operating at maximum capacity or their town isn't operating at maximum capacity are content that way and Mm -hmm. i think that being able to have people kind of rally around a cause and see that it's for the good of everyone and not for the good of one person um our agenda is not to push art on people in a way that makes anybody uncomfortable our agenda Mm -hmm. is to bring people and life and money i mean let's just be honest into into our downtown and knowing that that our audience is art lovers but it's also people who just enjoy events and enjoy you know something different and so i think that you know, the, a certain level of transparency, obviously too many cooks in the kitchen is a saying because right. true. Um, right. But I think, you know, understanding what our mission is and being able to be very clear and transparent about that to people when they have questions. And I think that a long time ago, somebody told me that we talked about meeting people at their point of growth. And I think that that's important and being respectful of where people are, but not letting them settle for less than what is possible. You know, you have to, none of this would have happened if somebody wasn't willing to think big Mm -hmm. and, and take a leap of faith. And, and, you know, so much of, what we do is hard to apply to other people because we do have, we did have a really generous donor to, to get us started. But I mm-hmm. think that not one, no one person can pull this off the same way that no one team can pull this off. This is not an event that we do on our own. This is an event that we do in hand in hand with an entire town. And mm-hmm. so if we were to ever, pretend like we do this by ourselves I think that that would put a bad taste in people's mouths you know I also and I know I already talked about this but I think remembering that even if you're at odds with somebody if you can figure out a way to be kind and know that try and get it across that you're trying to do something that's beneficial for everyone and you're looking for compromise you know sometimes it's mm-hmm. not my way or the highway it's just what can we do to solve this problem together? And so I think that that's important and always listening. Even if you can't solve a problem, sometimes it's better. People feel better if you are open to listening and don't shut them down, you know, mm-hmm. right away. And then obviously there's 
all of the logistical things that I'm sure that you can imagine that we take into consideration in planning art fields, particularly for 2021, because we had to re-examine everything we did for COVID right. and make sure that we had done everything we could to make people feel safe. I think that that is really, you know, having the motivation and drive to be able to pull something off, but not so much that you are bulldozing anyone because that's never the the goal. You're right. You know, to set something up in a field and to build something new is one thing, but to build something within something that already exists is a whole different battle. And mm -hmm. you can't put your blinders on to what's already there. And mm -hmm. I think, and I think that we've been guilty of that sometimes. And part of what we have been trying to do over the last couple of years is re-engage other organizations in our community to, to pitch in and work together instead of it being that we were going to take it all on ourselves. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like when a contractor says, you know, it's so much easier to build new. <laughs> yeah. You know, because when you renovate, you can't ignore whatever you're going to come across. Right, exactly. You know? And exactly. it's very similar in a downtown event, you know, there are people that have been there forever. There are business owners that might not want to comply. There are I mean, there's so many things that logistically you have to do and now that it's become a successful event for you guys, do you have, I'm just curious, do you have like a person because it's become such a large event who like basically does quality control is just kind of in charge of some of those logistical kind of things that they're just, they're pretty much like the happy patrol, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> making sure, making sure that like a lot of these little things, checking on the business owners or the art, whatever the logistics are for the artists, you know, is there someone pretty much like does the quality control for the entire event? I think that we all have to take that on in our specific areas. So Carla Angus is our, she does Artfields Junior, but she also is the logistical queen behind, mm -hmm. you know, thinking out rain locations and anticipating any scenario of what could go wrong and what can happen if it goes wrong and how to fix this problem that doesn't exist yet, but could. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so from like a logistical standpoint, we certainly have her and she is also like she leads the volunteer program. So she's getting feedback gotcha. from people. We have people who, if we have enough volunteers that day, who act as the welcome committee, you know, they'll walk the streets or, you know, sit on a corner and say, hey, you look like you're new here. Can I help guide you to the welcome center so that you can get started? And any of that kind of feedback that we may receive from them is brought to us. All of the volunteers and um, they all have our phone numbers. So if there's ever any kind of issue that if there's an issue that's specific to the art, the artist, then our fine art manager receives that. If there are people who are with the press or people like you, where we're, you know, trying to make sure that we get you to be able to talk to the right people and see the right things, then we have a marketing manager, Roberta, who does a great job with that. And then, and then of course, the volunteers are like our eyes and ears everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, there's, you know, over a hundred of them. And so they are kind of picking up on things for us on our behalf as well. But you know what? If people are upset about something, they make sure you know. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they will true. find a way. They will find a way to tell whoever they can tell. Part of what I do is run around and stick my head in the businesses and say, "Hey guys, this year, like, do you have hand sanitizer? Do you have masks? Do you need anything from us? How has business been? How, you know, have the visitors been? Do they seem happy to be here? You know, I think myself and the rest of the team, like, we're constantly polling day to day uh, what the atmosphere is and what the response is and doing our best to be everywhere all at once. Because I think when you're spread out over our district is about 69 acres is what we kind of mapped it out to be this year. And when you have an event that's that big and has that many different people working together, you kind of just have to do it all the time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's never a moment during art fields. Well, maybe a moment, but not more than a moment (laughs) of (laughs) me sitting in my office and taking a breath. I think that, we are all on the move all the time and trying to make sure that if there are problems, we can anticipate them quickly enough to solve them. Yeah. Well, and one thing I have to applaud you guys on just from my experience with nonprofits and background with all of that, for those of our listeners that don't know, that's what I did for 15 years before I got into Mm. travel was nonprofit management and founder syndrome is very, very real. And for those of you that don't know what that is, I mean, it's what it sounds like. It's the founder of an organization and or an event that it can easily go stale when the founders basically call the shots all the time and you know it gets to a point where like you had said communication is key listening is key and in order to grow you have to be able to communicate new ideas and you have to be open to new ideas and you have to be able to bring all these things to the table and work together and you would not believe how many organizations I have worked with over the years that because of founder syndrome, it just goes stale for a while, or it can be the death of an organization or an event because they just want to do things the way it's always been done. And, And that's one of the awesome things about your organization is that it's grown and it's grown and it's grown because of the things, like you said, you have an incredible resource in Darla Moore but she wants this to succeed. Yeah. And she is very much behind the scenes at this point. Like she feels like she's done her job and she wants to see the new talent grow. And she's doing the most incredible thing that a founder can do, which is watch it grow, help where you need to help. But she's not trying to make it about her. And, yeah, and that's, definitely and, you know, and any of the other people that were involved with this from the beginning, like, obviously that's the new talent and, you know, having people bring their ideas to the table is incredibly important. And that's, what's been making this event grow. And so kudos to you guys for making that happen. Cause it's, it's just crazy to me how like that's if I had to pick one thing for any nonprofit that's going to make it go under, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I've just worked with too many that that's pretty much been the death of it. Yeah, and I think 
you know, we, like I've said, we serve two very different audiences. And to me, what has been visibly essential to us growing and being successful is creating a balance between those two audiences and how we serve them. And Mm -hmm. we're not going to go beyond what the town is ready for with the arts. And we're also not going to dumb it down and disappoint the artist. And so finding Mm -hmm. that happy medium over and over and over really pushes us. And I think, you know, that we certainly, there are pieces of it that it's like, it would be very easy to just copy and paste from one year to the next. And one of the silver linings of COVID is really having to re-examine everything that you do mm-hmm. and making decisions about, you know, is this essential? Just because we've always done it doesn't mean that it still needs to be a priority. And I think we have kind of grown in a way that may be opposite of a lot of other organizations because we started off with a lot of support and we are now not because of a lack of interest or anything like that but because Darla and the rest of our team want this to go on for many 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 years you have to be realistic about your sustainability and so you know so much of this is it's problem solving and it's sitting down and saying okay what could be more efficient this year? What could make it so that we can do our jobs better? And who can we partner with? Who can we bring in? And what did we see that was really popular that we could, you know, we, we're constantly shifting and changing and evolving. And um, even our spaces, you know, you can come one year and our welcome center is here. The next year, it may be somewhere completely different because this town is evolving and so you know in the beginning we started off with a lot of empty storefronts which meant that we had a lot of space to put artwork and we're at a point now where most of those storefronts are filled up and that means we've achieved a goal but created a new problem for ourselves because now we have out where we're going to put all this artwork <laughs> right so um i think that it's just the recognition of it can always be better and the minute that you think that you've got it figured out is the minute that you that it dies um the minute that you start growing is the moment that you die and so we will always push and we will always you know try and make sure that there's no stone unturned and thinking through how to do this and Mm -hmm. how to make it different every year but not lose what has become so essential for our our guest and for the town and for us Mm -hmm. well wise wise advice my friend (laughs) (laughs) well tell me where can our listeners find more about art fields where can they find all the announcements as to what the next dates are and also for artists where can they find the information on how to get their stuff juried this year and and also for the um, artist residency program that we were talking about how do they get in touch with somebody about that if they want to apply yeah so any inquiries about artist and resident stuff can go to our kind of general email 
account, which is info at artfieldssc.org. And then our website is artfieldssc.org. I mean, that will have all the information for the upcoming submission period and our rules and what's going on in our galleries right now, what's going on in our public art program. It's kind of your one-stop shop for all things art fields. And um, we have a great Instagram and Facebook page that are both updated very consistently to kind of keep everybody in the loop. And you, we have a newsletter that goes out that you can sign up for on our website as well. Awesome. So artfieldssc.org. Make yeah. sure that you go and check that out if you're listening, wondering how in the world you're going to visit Lake City and especially mm -hmm. visit during Art Fields. Jameson, thank you so much for talking with me today. You're I know so I kept welcome. you way longer than I said I would, but <laughs> I just like talking. I just like talking to you. Um, I know. Thank you again for being on the show. I appreciate it. It's been so much fun and it was wonderful catching up with you. And we're always here to welcome you back. And can't wait to see you in Lake City again soon. Well, it's not too far a drive for me, so I definitely will do that. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information on the towns we visit, go to MyTownTravels.com. To learn how to be a guest on the show or to sponsor an episode, navigate to our podcast page where you can see more information on guests, listen to more episodes, and submit guest requests. It all starts at MyTownTravels.com.